Yeah, well, I mean, we, we're in a position where we've been wanting someone else to join the team for a little while, and it's just a case of... Like, One of these days I'm going to bug you about. I just want to, like, not yeah. be on well, the podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brad. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the performing Panifex. 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 Say it again one more time. No. Gentlemen, okay. how are we all? How is everyone doing? Uh, Brett, how are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. I made a lot of progress on the Forge Blower, and the plan is today, after the podcast, to take it over to the cabin, set it up, film the last little bits of just, hey, it's working again, and, um, you know, press forward, get to use it, the thing that was buried in the sand. So that will feel like a really good achievement, having finished that. I'm hoping that my skills of, of making and planning have gotten good enough to um, physically set it up because I had to make it in pieces so that I can bolt those pieces together in place once I get over there. Um, you know, in, in typical fashion, I would have loved to build it in space and just forge around the uh, yeah. the actual forge pan and have a welder on site and just be able to stick everything together. But uh, since I have to come back over to the maker camp, I had to do some problem solving. The video, the footage alone for this video is a bit daunting. I, I opened up the card last night. I was just like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a drag. <laughs> but uh similar to what we talked about in the past i i'm really not focusing so much on trying to you know post things on saturday mornings or sunday mornings like first thing to try and play yeah. to the algorithm over there i don't really care to do that anymore and it's it ends up being a little bit more stressful to try and plan a week out around that when we have a yeah. very fluid schedule around the ranch just with two days ago i needed to drive to san diego that was a seven hour drive there and back and we took a couple of stops on the way to try and find treasures at the flea markets and things i unfortunately didn't find anything aside from an anchor that was five hundred dollars and of course i really really wanted it because it was a decent size anchor <laughs> but having just there was really nice to just go I don't think you should do that because it's not a very good looking anchor and it almost looked like cast iron. Oh, yeah. um, and she was like, don't do that. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't have money anyways. <laughs> what am I even <laughs> considering uh, purchasing this? Aside from that, we did a little bit of material running. We actually have a load of teak. If, if either of you have ever owned or worked with teak before, no. The price on board footage for Teak is outrageous. <laughs> um, but Ben, you know, through all of his connections, has a uh, company or a family that he's working with that is a distributor of this beautiful, beautiful wood. And so we have a load of it right now in the back of my truck that we are going to try and suss out some projects. <clears throat> and, excuse me. Brett's just choking. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get some uh, cool use out of the material and then try and figure out ways to, uh, he wants to try and figure out ways to possibly distribute 
with this company um, to lessen the price on the material because it is very, very good hmm. quality wood. And I guess it's really good. Like, I don't know a lot about it, but I guess it's really good for outdoor furniture and it holds up super, super well to the elements. Yeah. Um, and it was really big in the 60s and 70s, uh, yeah. kind of the modern movement. Um, I've never worked with it before. I just know that if you ever saw anything that was made out of teak at like a flea market or an antique store, that it was, you should maybe think about purchasing it. Cause it, yeah. I guess it will hold up forever. Yeah. I mean, cause pretty much like all outdoor furniture here that you see being sold at like country shows and shit like that is always like, Oh, it's teak. Teak is great. Buy teak. Uh, <laughs> because it, it doesn't rot as easily. Um, right. So yeah. Cause it's going to be an, Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say because I think uh, like a lot of um, decking and stuff like that gets made out of it as well. Um, yes. And hot tubs, the outer thing of hot tubs gets made out of teak a lot as well. Right. Which I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I just I find it really interesting that uh, Ben is going to be diving down this rabbit hole to figure out what its use can be and if he's going to end up working with the family to try and maybe lessen the the overall cost if he's going to try and work with them on the distribution um hmm. because i feel like a lot of the maker world at least in the u.s is a bit put off by the idea that you know things like walnut is very expensive board footage wise um but he told me what teak cost board footage yeah. wise and it's astronomical <laughs> comparatively <Yeah>. so <laughs> i feel like it's going to be interesting just to see what he does with the um the ability to turn it over for maybe a little bit less than what it's going for right now. Yeah. I was not aware that it was this very expensive wood. I go, yeah, it just looks like lumber, but you know, it's very heavy and it's, it's yeah. dense, but we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, beyond that, I've got um, Ryan whose shop is um, the close one, like 30 minutes away. He poured concrete for the power hammer pad, and then he's going to be finishing his hydraulic press in the very near future. So I think maybe by the end of the week, we may have a power hammer and a hydraulic press in his shop ready to rock. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's just going to end up ramping um, larger forge pieces and things like that. Yeah, I think it's going to happen really soon. I'm going to want to take a bunch of larger stock that I've never been able to work with and see if I can you know, move it around do some larger pieces yeah so all is well on this end i'm still waiting on the power company which they should call me by the time this podcast comes out if i can get the power thing coming the projections maybe by the end of the month i'll have power at the cabin and i think that's when things will really 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 start to feel like they're kicking off yeah, yeah very excited difference. nice good glad to hear it uh sounds like a a kind of um word that means positive that i can't there you of. go it was a good week steve we got a yes. lot done yeah no that's good man and like i say i'm i'm very excited for you getting power to the cabin so you can actually do stuff um speaking of power al the power half he's got penny, the power uh, <laughs> how uh, sorry i just accidentally Press the thing. Uh, how, can we just can I interject and remind everybody that that song was delightfully featured in the movie Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis? <laughs> Never seen that. It's a great movie. It is a terribly good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Al. What do you get? Um, 
In case anyone's wondering, yes, Steve has had some sugar um, before the episode. Um, So I have been up to this morning. I got out the second uh, episode of the vlog for the camper build. um, And that covers kind of some of the little little minor fixes and going into the history of the car, a bit of the legal stuff. But um, basically, I'm about a week ahead with the builds as I am on the vlogs, just so I've got some sort of um, buffer buffer time. Because obviously, just like last night, I was working at like midnight for yeah. work so i've just I, I can't stick to a schedule so it's good to have um a bit of play bit of play time um so in real time with the with the cars i've actually stripped them both out completely so all the seats out all the carpet out all the trims everything and they're just two like empty shells which is really cool to see um because they're both essentially the same inside um the transmission's different but yeah everything everything else is the same um and just gives me a better idea of kind of the state of the chassis and the state of the the body shell as well so a couple of bits of rust in the footwell which i think is a 100 percent guarantee in any car yeah. of that age yeah. um but nothing that can't be patched up um but other than that really good nick um and again just just identifying a few little faults that need need repairing on both of them so that's coming along swimmingly um and i got the um the form back from the um, dvla so hopefully it was meant to be by today i would have the actual pink slip but it says like give it five working days um and it should the deed should arrive and i can then yeah. register it in my name and then get it tested get it on the road um that's basically the hold up at the moment um and I don't know if you remember, I said I ordered a bunch of stuff from Japan from that auction site. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so uh, that, like, I kind of didn't forget about it, but the, the, the auctions that I bid on and stuff were, was weeks ago. Um, and then I just waited in case there was anything else I wanted to put in. And then I basically ordered a shipment. And what they do yeah. is they pack, they repackage everything because it all comes from all these different places. Repackage yeah. everything, properly protect it all, put it into one order, one consolidated box, and then ship it. And I was expecting like sixty days, like slow running, yeah. whatever. And it's like, no, they they can't use that service because of COVID. Of so the the only option is like airmail. So it took like eight days, and it's it's arrived. So um, it's not come to mind yet it's in coventry so i'm assuming i've got to go somewhere and pay some sort of horrendous duty yeah, import tax fees. fee on it um but then so yeah so hopefully by next week i'll have a bunch of weird and wonderful japanese electronics Yay. to play with i'm so excited for that it's super fun um I, I think i'll definitely do a video on that or at least like an instagram or something just like unboxing <laughs> just, it just an unboxing video yeah. for the first uh, time on yeah. Else channel <laughs> yeah do a do like an instagram live of yeah. unboxing it of unboxing Amazing. It'd be class. Um, and then in the meantime, in a bit of work-related stuff, um, the studio I work for has actually just rebranded. Um, it's been a bit on the kind of down low uh, because we've been separating from like the global business. Yeah. So it's been an international design agency for like 40 years. Um, and it was founded in Leeds in, in our studio. And we've basically gone our separate way. Um, mm. So the chairman's like sold off his share and stuff and... and the, the sort of 10, 15 of us have left the 100 odd other um, yeah. employees and it's now our own company. So it's not called Elmwood anymore. We're called Born Ugly, which is a really cool name. <laughs> the idea being that kind of all good ideas are born ugly. 
um, and it's with yep. sort of craft and effort that you then turn them into something beautiful and something compelling. Ah. So we've got a really interesting um, brand and a really interesting identity now. Um, and what I've been doing this week is trying to get um, a physical sculpture of our brand made. And the way I can best describe oh. it is a three-dimensional ambigram. So it's something that when you look at it from one side, it's one object. Yeah. And when you walk mm -hmm. around it to the other side, it's something else. Yeah. So you might have seen a sculpture of like an eagle that when you walk around it, it's a bear. Yeah, or yeah. or um, I think there's a couple of like movie um, studios where their identity is like something else from one side yeah. than it is from the other. Um, and I've been basically trying to wrap my head around how to get that made because we've got yeah. a, a 3D model and a, a, a GIF that spins, so it looks cool. But it's like, then mm -hmm. how can I make this? Can I cast this? Can I make a mold? Um, so I've been speaking awesome. to our resident 3D expert, um, Jamie Reader, hey. and, he's, and he's been giving me some really good advice as to, to how to get this because I want a huge one, like a meter-cubed yeah. like yes. um, sculpture that can go mm -hmm. in the office if we ever get back in the office. <clears throat> and it's just how to go about it, basically, how to produce something yeah. like that. Um, so in the, yeah, in the background, I've been trying to hunt down ways of manufacturing, <laughs> uh, weird, weird shapes that can't be cast because they're yeah. all negative, like, you know, yeah, in layers. yeah. yeah. Um, I'll awesome. put, a, I'll put the GIF in the shows so people nice. can see what, what I'm talking about, but it's, it's really yeah. cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, just, just a quick question on that. Does that, with the, the shift, will that yes. change your job role at all? Or are you still going to be doing the same thing, just... Still the same thing. Um, I mean, literally, uh, it might, because we might bin off all the, the yeah. Nazi, like, um, stupid industry terms. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think when the guys first started the studio, they didn't even have job titles. They're yeah. just like, oh, I work at Elmwood. Yeah. You know, and we're all a team. Typical so startup sort of. Yeah, so we, so we might bomb all that off, because we're not this corporate entity anymore. Mm. Nice. We're a small team. Um, and we all do, we all do each other's parts of each yeah. other's job. So it's not, mm -hmm. not as kind of literal as, as working in a big agency. So yeah. my job, my my actual activities won't change. But my do you think it? Do you think it will improve your? Oh, it's worse. It's already worse. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind. But <laughs> spirits are high, so that's what yeah. matters. <laughs> Company oh. morale is at an all-time yeah, yeah. mediocre. Is, is through the fucking roof. But um, yeah. as I say, everyone's working like weekends and late nights, so it's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's me. Nice. Uh, that, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it sounds, uh, again, good. I've not uh, watched the Patreon video yet because it's I haven't had a notification come through to say that it's there. Because Patreon's shit. On, oh, yeah, it's, it's on Patreon. So you, yeah. Uh, yeah, but normally, like, I used to get notifications when people posted stuff on patreon it would a little thing would pop up and say oh so and so has done it a post but i don't get that anymore and it's sad um uh but the job stuff does sound kind of positive i think but we'll 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 see uh that that, that was not a good i mean face. making making a thing is fun and nice yeah and i'm, and I'm gonna be like <laughs> finishing it and painting it and and producing it yeah, that'll be a fun endeavor, but yeah, it doesn't really okay. change. It doesn't really change my job, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> well, I tried to put a positive spin on that. You like you uh, always do, Stephen. I appreciate I, that. I I appreciate you. That's what I appreciate mm. about you, Al. No, neither of you. I feel no. like this is 
Hold on, Steve. I'm not ready to throw to you yet. No, you fucker. The, I, no, you fucking. You missed the letter Kenny fucking thing. And it was going to be really funny. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Al, I'm looking at the thing. Al posted the spinning gif of the logo in our little chat here. So live look for all of our viewing audience. Um, I feel like Christopher Dubois might know a little bit of. I I, I got well. very rich Dubois d uh, vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. We were, as we were rendering this, it was like all the, all the curves and the the kind of the the proportions and stuff felt very much like his sculptural stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah, to, to actually just make one, yeah, is is one option. But I think we're mm -hmm. going to get into crazy like commission money for that. Yeah. Right. What, I, what yeah. I want is actually something that is maybe repeatable mm -hmm. um, because what I'd like to do is maybe like have one that's flocked and one that's covered in fur and one that's covered in moss mm. and one that's oh, concrete, that's great. concrete and then one that's yeah, maybe yeah. transparent and I can put lights in it. So the idea is that this this would change mm -hmm. and flex. So having one beautiful sculpture is not the idea. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. No, and um, it looks weird. Um, but it looks doable. It's born ugly. Yeah. It's, that, that it is. Speaking um, of born ugly, Steve, what have you been thank, up to? Thanks for that wonderful segue, you prick. Uh, I have been eating sugar uh, and a lot of chocolate. You can see it's wearing off okay. already. Yeah. Minutes in. <laughs> His eyes are getting all puffy. I'm like Bruce fucking Bogtrotter at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I, what have I done this week? I have been working. We We've had a... Uh, another couple of big um, wholesale orders, so we've been busy doing that. Um, we also, because we had a photo shoot on Thursday, uh, we had to move all of the... Um, so at the workshop, we have this outside area that we've been planning to turn into like an outside kitchen for the last three years. Um, but what always happens is we talk about doing it in January, and we're like, oh, yeah, we'll do it next month in February because January, February is always really quiet. And then February rolls around and we're suddenly really busy, even though every year we start getting busy in February and it just never ends up happening. Um, so we've we've had all the equipment there um, for ages, but it's not really been set up properly. Uh, so because we had the photo shoot, we're like, fuck it, let's get it set up at least then, you know, even if it's only, even if it's just the equipment in place, that's a start um and one of those bits of equipment was a i think normally it would weigh about 250 300 kilogram uh like concrete uh pizza oven um this massive great pizza oven that we've had for about three years but it's been sat outside for about three years which means it's got really damp which mm -hmm. means it's now even heavier um so the four of us had a huge amount of fun like lifting that sliding a pallet in underneath, lifting a little bit more, sliding another pallet in underneath and like balancing this fucking heavy weight on these really precarious broken pallets to then try and get it onto a table. Only then realizing after we stacked it up onto like four pallets that the way that we'd stacked it, it just, we weren't going to be able to get to it. So we then had to move it onto another set of pallets and it was, it was a fucking nightmare and my back hurts. It was <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, so that was good fun. Uh, and it means that we've now got this outdoor kitchen, which is super nice because it ba basically because it means that I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to buy a load of or bring in a load of meat and we're going to have a barbecue for lunch. 
Um, and it means like in the now that we're kind of coming into the nicer later evenings, um, if if we wanted to, we can stay behind after work and have like a nice barbecue at work in the or in the workshop just whenever we want because it's all there and it's all permanently set up. Um, so it's quite nice like having that really nice setup and you know the the view out into the orchard it isn't the worst view in the world so <laughs> it sure isn't yeah dude so that's, that's got to be exciting though because you've got that little shop just up the road right where where we bought lunch that day when we were there yeah. last time yeah so just being able to pop up there do they close early or are you able uh, to get there maybe as work shuts down yeah i mean we like if, we, if we're going to do it we'll pop up um at lunchtime or something like that um but yeah, it, it's great because it just means that we can just go. Oh, fuck it, yeah, let's have a, let's have a, a barbecue. And even yeah, if it, because I think they close at six, so even if it's a case of like someone shoots up there at five o'clock or something. Um, but mostly it, it's it's good because we the way that we've been working recently, like it's it's not unusual for us to not finish until like half six, seven o'clock. Mm. um there's been a couple nights where because we have to stop like all the power hammers and like the big tooling we can only use between nine and six monday to friday um so evenings and weekends we've been doing like the quieter work um and just because we're so fucking busy at the moment we've had we've been having to use that time up um which is yeah it's, it's not a bad problem to have um especially with the way that the world is at the moment it's it's a good thing um but I think it's it's quite nice because it means in the summer, it's not going to feel quite so much of a chore working till seven o'clock if you can literally step outside and have a really nice um, barbecue in that. Um, so yeah, that's been good. Uh, the photo shoot um, was good fun as well because that's um, it's for a project of our like another book that Al's writing. Um, can you um, talk about it right now or no. Steve's secret corner? <laughs> it, the thing is, it's not like if it was my shit, then hell yeah, I talk about it. But because it's Al's stuff, I can't talk about it because it's not public knowledge yet. Um, at least the, the as long as book. this is the book that has touch marks in it. I don't yes. really care to know more than that. Yes, it, it is that book. Um, Hooray. So we're doing a load of uh, like the, the, this is a, an ongoing photo shoot. So the, the one that she did, uh, the, the photographer came in. And um, she did kind of like the preliminary shots, uh, got a few bits of our forging and that, but she's going to be coming back in several times throughout the the coming months um, to get different uh, different shots and that. But it, it was quite interesting seeing her come in and just kind of like essentially doing a load of test shots so she can figure out, right, what do I need to bring for next time? What do we need to get? You know, can we capture this in this way? Can we capture that? Okay, well, next time I'll, I know to bring in this. Um, so having spoken to... Uh, tim um last time and um matilda this time it was really good to um tim and matilda yeah it's like a uh, fucking kids tv show on a boat with <laughs> rosie and jim matilda and tim <laughs> um but yeah so like getting to chat to them it's been quite interesting like talking about camera equipment and stuff like that so i've been putting together the list of the equipment we need for the YouTube this is going to be a long fucking list this steve this has been going on for about three years this list i know but I, like <laughs> well, the thing is, is it was only a couple months ago that al actually said yeah fuck it just give me the list and like well he actually gave me so uh, he grind them down yeah he actually gave me like a a budget and was like right 
if it's below this budget, then yes, you can basically get whatever you want. Um, and like he's actually committed to it because he's put it on, into the the business plan for actually doing YouTube videos this year and, and stuff like that. So he's he's started to treat it as part of the business, which is great. Um, so moving forwards with that, which means that it's it, yeah, basically the the last few weeks have been really fucking positive because we've been um, we finally got to the point where I was admitting that you know the YouTube is a good thing for the business. You know, the the other social medias are a good thing for the business. Like I'm taking over the running of the the Facebook um, Alex Pauline work page because there is a page that exists, but <laughs> it's it's linked up to his Instagram. So it reposts what he posts on the Instagram, but that's mm -hmm. it. There's no, inf like the information on it isn't even fully filled out. It doesn't uh, connect to the shop properly and and all of this. So I'm booking a, a couple of days um at the end of the month to basically just sit down, finish building the, that up, uh, look at getting us on Pinterest, um, sorting out the the YouTube to make sure that it's actually, um, uh, it's it's a brand account as opposed to a personal account and stuff like this. Um, but we've been having lots of talks about the fact that for each uh, platform has a different audience. So, you know, the people that we've got on uh, Instagram aren't necessarily the same people that are on YouTube and mm -hmm. the people that are on Pinterest aren't, aren't the same people and the people on Facebook and, and all of this and talking about how that all connects together um, and like being able to target those those different audience. And, and you can even say knowing your audience. Um, there we go. See, we're we going into spiffing already. That, that, that was a, <laughs> that was a very subtle it's segue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's been... It's been an interesting few weeks kind of getting all of that sorted and it's because al is back in the workshop more regularly it means we can actually have these conversations um properly uh like when we're sat down at lunch or having a tea break or whatever rather than what has been happening where it's been like five minutes on a phone call whilst we're all doing other things at the same time sort of thing so mm -hmm. having that little bit of breathing space has been really really good um but yeah so like i say a lot of it has been about kind of um understanding our audience and understanding what the audience from each platform expects and how we can capitalize on that i guess because yeah at the end of the day we are looking at doing it as a business um i mean it's like it's funny brett you saying about the the fact that you're going away from the um worrying about when you're releasing videos and stuff like that like for for the forge channel because it is you know, we we are looking at it as an investment, as a, an investment of time, and we want to get some kind of um, return on that investment. So we are 100% looking at it from a kind of analytical point of view, like, right, well, how often can we post? What's the best time to post? What's the best way of advertising that we've posted something up? Is it worth, um, you know, doubling up on that and posting the same video on a different platform? Right. Um, like when we can post and and putting real effort into like the thumbnails and stuff like that and actually mm -hmm. kind of treating it as as a a business strategy rather than just i'm having a bit of fun on youtube and restoring a vice so that i can make a crepe waffle pancake <laughs> thing god that was such a fun video to do um fuck that was before i that was when i could still eat gluten as well um <laughs> but, but yeah you just didn't know you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I felt so bad. 
um but yeah so like it's 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 been a, a lot of fun and it it has been quite interesting kind of like playing with that idea of knowing your audience i mean yeah it's interesting you bring that up in terms of work steve and, and kind of who you're who you're trying to talk to just in terms yeah. of like hiring or attracting new talent mm. not necessarily who your audience is as uh, customers but yeah. the, the flip side of that because one of the reasons we rebranded at work as well is to kind of weed out the clients that we don't really want to work with yeah um so we've been this traditional agency for like as i say 40 years doing the same thing and everyone knows that what what they're known for a very traditional mm. very established very safe um and with that comes a with that comes like big clients and you can get yeah, sort yeah. Of high profile jobs but the work is very can be very pedestrian mm. and very um inside the box for want of a better term yeah. So us just completely giving ourselves a new identity, very much in line with the people that work there, um, will hopefully reflect in the kind of clients we get. Yeah. Like if we turned around to like one of the huge supermarkets in the UK and said, we're called Born Ugly now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the logo that's on all our um, yeah. collateral and presentations that they're presenting to like <clears throat> C-suite and the board and stuff. Yeah. It's like, what is this? This is mental. It's like working for like a, like you, like you said, Brett, like a little boutique startup yeah. or something. Um, so hopefully we're going to affect what of the other Brett. Hopefully we're going <laughs> to hopefully we're going to affect the kind of our audience in terms of clients. Yeah. Um, not our audience in terms of customers. Wow. See, that's I had a very similar experience uh, when I was working at the the job in New York City. Al, we did a huge rebrand that I was a part of. And I think this is something that happens within, you know, a few people in the maker community too. They realize that they need to start branding themselves or they need to develop more of a business identity. So where Steve works at a production shop that has sellable goods, hmm. it's, I completely understand the importance of, of taking all of those um, forward facing media sources hmm. serious because every single one of those is an opportunity for you to develop an audience that will follow and then subsequently, hopefully, buy product from you guys. Yeah. Al, you have to do all this rebranding to make sure that your clientele that you're working with is people that you want to work with. You know, you, you see the, the, the two-way street, as it were. They want to work with you because you're kind of fun and boutique <laughs> and, and, you know, they want something different and not so tra uh, traditional. When we did ours at my old job, it was because no one was really taking us serious, even though we were right. doing relatively well. Yeah. Our original branding and colors and the the website alone just <laughs> looked really hack job. You know, it, <laughs> they they put it up and they started to develop the library of media and it was all white and it was very basic looking and our logo didn't really make sense and even the font choice i i hated the font from like day one when i started working there and also the the company name didn't even make sense to me and anytime you talk to the ceo who created the name he could never give you a straight answer like it was a running gag that he would tell people different stories of how he developed the name of the company which was pond five it still exists and i think they're still doing well but he would never give you a straight answer of how he came up with on five. <laughs> so when we did the rebrand, we were 
uh, it was during the the more corporate takeover, you know, after all this um, venture capitalist money and these investors came in, they their initial thoughts were just we didn't look like we were playing in the same ballpark as the rest of the people that were you know yeah. doing better in our space. And so we updated it so much to just we wanted to be cool and like the scrappy company that's different than everybody else. But we had to play within a certain um, kind of visual range to say, yeah. you've seen people like us before, but also all of the imagery that we use, the way that we approach our visuals. Al, we had a very, very similar um, handling of our logo, which changed to this very simple shape. But I, I happen to be the one that suggests that it move into a 16 by nine box and then we could have it hmm. twist and turn. And we, you know, I developed transitions for it, for our videos and all this branding around this one single shape. And it gave this cohesion and like people knew when you were under our umbrella or any site that you were within fed you back to Steve, what you're doing, which is hmm. we want you to purchase products from us. But as long as everything forward facing had that same feeling, it it was a win for us, but it took a lot more work than I would have ever expected to do the rebrand. Mm -hmm. And then and then not only the rebrand, but to like really take it serious. Yeah. I mean, I think like to kind of bring it back to kind of the the, the maker community and, and to the listeners and that. I think like there's there's this big thing um that people don't necessarily quite get when they first uh start producing especially for, for content producers, um, which is the the kind of the image that you put forward is how you will be perceived. I mean, there, there's the, the the famous story about um, when Will Smith got to pick the name for his character in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and um, Carton's character, which is a perfect fucking uh, example of what he was saying, because I can't remember his actual name i know it's alfonso but i can't remember what his surname is um but yeah he said make sure you pick a decent name because that's what people are going to recognize you as for the rest of your career and it's the same with um like if you're doing uh content production like if you if you produce um you know a wacky out there kind of video then that's that's how people are always going to see you like you look at someone like bobby duke like he there is no denying that he's fucking talented at what he does um, but the only reason that he, uh, gets taken seriously when he's, uh, he's kind of being interviewed or doing a one-on-one -on -one or whatever is because despite the fact that he does these wacky zany videos, he also intersperses it with really quite, um, deep, uh, talking head to camera pieces. Like when he was talking about giving up smoking and he's talked mm -hmm. about mental health and stuff like that. And he... You know, he uses that platform to talk about these serious issues. Um, but he is one of the the few people that really treads that line between being just a caricature of of the video that he puts out and um and being a you know a person as well. Um like if if you because the, the Moonshine Metalworks videos, Moonshine Metalworks videos, for example, like all of the ones that I did for for my channel were all dumb tongue-in-cheek a bit of fun like there was no i was never trying to teach anyone anything i was never trying to show anyone anything it was just about having fun and that was very much the kind of um 
the thing that I wanted to put forward because I didn't want that chat just a um it was just me having some fun with my friends sort of thing um whereas the forge channel like i we had to make a very conscious decision right from the start like how are we gonna um like what sort of image do we want to put across because that kind of shit sticks with you um and i think it's very hard once you've created a a brand as it were as a as a maker as a content creator or whatever to then switch that up like if you if you suddenly wanted to go from being Al's Hack Shack to Al's very serious handcrafted woodworking <laughs> workshop, yeah, like it's it's not gonna it's not gonna fly unless you completely changed everything. So we've been talking about the the branding and developing your um, forward facing nature yeah. of things. What about? audience since that's what we're kind of talking about the knowing your audience mm. do you guys think it's what what do you think the percentage is in terms of how much do you put forward and say this is what i want my audience to perceive me as or do you kind of throw it out there and and fish around for a little bit and then figure out what your audience is looking for from you like do you put your foot down first is that 75% of what you do and then you let the audience speak back? Or do you go 100%, this is what I want to be? Or this is what the forge is going to be? Hmm. So for me, for me, it, um, it flexes a bit. I think when I first started out, it was very much, this is me, take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like from day one. Uh, and then as I started to interact, I saw so much more value in letting the people who are interested have a say as well. Hmm. You know, oh, this is great. That's really funny. I really like it when you do this. Um, you know, genuine constructive feedback. Yeah. Where, where it actually helps you build. And you can see kind of the, the way I've kind of evolved and changed a little bit as we go on. Mm -hmm. It's because of those people. And, and they're, they're, they're the audience that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in a YouTube audience. I'm not interested in a viral video or a million views. Yeah. It's no value to me because it's not going to help me develop as a character or as um, a, a style or anything like that. Yeah. Um, because the only way, the, if you if you behave in that way and get views of that magnitude, you're not going to please any of those people. Mm. You know, so the 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 way I see it is that they input into me, and I then take that on board and mix it with what I do. So yeah. sometimes I will go all out. This is just me, you know, Brett doing the, like the, the, the hack shacker video. That was just a hundred percent. Like everyone yeah. just fuck off. I'm just being yeah. silly mm -hmm. for, for, for a minute. And then we'll get back to normality, normality. Um, <laughs> and, and then we'll get back to something that's a little bit more interactive. Uh, and, and I think it's healthy doing that way. If you go to yeah. one extreme and just let the, them dictate what you do, yeah, you just you just lose your identity, and you just become a a, a, a jester, a clown, you know, yeah. a, a prostitute, just just pimping your fucking soul out. Um, whereas the other extreme, you just go, "This is what I want to do," and I'm not interested in any feedback. You're not going to get that engagement, and nobody's going to yeah. be interested in having a dialogue with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's quite interesting that you the the way you put that because I think the generally the loudest voices. Um, on, like in the comment sections and, and stuff like that, they don't tend to necessarily be the the largest part of the 
um the audience it's it's that whole thing of the silent majority yeah, sort yeah. of thing like the the loudest people generally uh are on the fringes um mm-hmm. and it's kind of being able to take what they say with a pinch of salt and and eke out from that like well is this right is that right um i mean like for 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 me the um like the the two channels the moonshine metalworks one i genuinely do not give a shit about viewership on that that is i mean i granted i haven't done a video for like three years but <laughs> like the the videos that i do for that that is purely for fun it's purely for the people that i interact with mm-hmm. um on a you know daily monthly weekly basis um it's it's a bit of fun if i never get any views on that i, I don't give a shit with the forge we actively kind of had a look around at what other people were doing took the things that we liked took the things that um that we thought were um were kind of not keys to success but the things that we could see that were like actually this this does have a big impact on um how how stuff is perceived um like i mean al for example does not want to do the voiceover like i have to bully him into doing it every time we do it but the um the overwhelming majority of people in the comments and that i i interact with and speak to love that voiceover that's one of the Mm. key parts that's one of the identifying things about our videos um is the fact that he has that we have that that voiceover and the fact that it's quite conversational and it's not a a boring how-to it's more of a why we sort of thing but you're Um, you're buying into him you're buying into alex paul that's the whole point of the brand that's why it's what he is that's why you're buying we're paying 200 quid for a frying pan yeah and not 10 quid for a frying pan you know exactly (laughs) yeah it's not it's not just the physical object it's his persona and 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 you and joe by extension yeah and and yeah and like i say so i think for for that one we kind of we set out with a very kind of concrete idea of what we wanted to put forwards but that was influenced by what was already out there and what we could and granted it was also influenced by what we could do um from a technical point of view like you know we can't do huge amounts of slow-mo and stuff like that because the camera doesn't do it and and now that we've been so long without doing slow-mo i'm very reluctant to ever use doesn't it need videos. it yeah because the the more i think about it the more that i think actually slow-mo is great for a sizzle reel but for the kind of um videos that we put out it just doesn't make sense um, no. you you um, capture slowness in a totally different way though steve you capture yeah. it with, with atmosphere and with with the pace of of somerset and, and the yeah. materials that's how that's how you capture that time yeah yes i feel like we've had little chats where we've boosted your ego a bit but honestly it's it's the entire feeling the the aesthetic everything is wrapped into this like mm. slower pace we're telling you what we're doing we're showing yeah. you the process of this I don't want to be raced through it. Yeah. And I also don't want you to go look at Alex forge weld this in slow motion. Yeah. Like he's not saying, look how amazing this looks in slow yeah. motion. He's telling me the process of welding yeah. these two things together. I get to see yeah. it happen in real time. I, I realize how quickly it can happen when it's mm. done correctly. And this, this whole thing that got developed on YouTube, especially with the blacksmithing videos where it's, yeah gratuitous slow motion we got to be loud and make everything exciting because in actuality if you go to some place like the forge that makes you feel comfortable swinging for the first time you know most of us had, had gotten the opportunity to go over and play around in the forge a little bit 
it's such an inviting and comfortable space. And your guys' entire personality is wrapped into this vibe of the shop. Hmm. And if you started having Alex yell at the camera and tell you how excited he is and start really screaming, yeah, you may pour, pull more views because there are a few channels that have popped up recently that are doing that where it's like, yeah. I am insane and watch this crazy thing. I, but, I hate that. <laughs> and I love what you guys but, do so much. But then a lot of that is because we looked at like, you know, what was the point of the channel and what audience did we want to capture? And the audience that we wanted to capture is the audience that, you know, are already invested in what we do and they're already buying our stuff. Like the, to be kind of blunt about it, generally the kind of people that are buying our stuff are not, A, there's not a huge amount of people that buy our stuff that are watching stuff on YouTube. We are very lucky in that uh, the kind of the maker community and the people that we interact with that is already on YouTube happens to like us and buy our stuff. But the vast majority of our of our audience, of our customer base, aren't necessarily YouTube people. But we want to produce videos that our customer base will enjoy. So that's why we kind of went for more of that sort of aesthetic. I think there's a point you just touched on, Brett, about um, audience in terms of experiencing the reality of it, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. Like you want, if you want the the loud, shouty reality TV show explosions, dramatic thing, yeah, you're gonna be fucking extremely disappointed when you actually go into a forge and it's nothing like that. Yeah, and actually, the opposite, the timing is so subtle and so nuanced mm. that you're within you're within those milliseconds to get something right anyway. Like a forge weld. Doing it in yeah. slow mo is the exact fucking opposite. You want you're yeah. not doing the process justice, um, and just thinking of things like the classes that you guys run, you want that to be representative of the experience, hmm. and and that audience is not the same audience. Like you're not yeah. doing it for entertainment. You're not doing it for a quick fix of loud and fast. You know, fast and the furious, uh, flashy lights, bright colors. You're doing it for, to to appreciate this this. Um, this process and this craft. Yeah. I love this though, because now it's making me think of the, um, the disappointment that people will feel like, Al, that is such a good point to bring up where yeah. I've had people come through, or maybe when we were doing classes at gyms or whatever, where people show up and go, Oh, I just want to swing a hammer really <laughs> hard. And everything. Yeah. It's like, nope. yeah. And yeah. you realize that, well, these <laughs> yeah. are, these are a lot of people that, you know watch youtube they're obviously there because of jimmy so they have uh experience watching youtube videos and if they signed up for a blacksmithing class i'm almost positive they've watched a lot of blacksmith videos and the majority of the ones that get views are loud and uh slow motion and lots of fire and sparks and colors and everything like that i can't imagine the disappointment someone's going to feel when they go i want to do a project that I've seen you do because I'm not delivering anything that I do forge wise in a fantastical manner. So even people going, Oh, like I'd love to come over and take a class or do like a one-on-one -on -one with you. I'm like, it's not, I hope you watch my videos because that's about what you're going to feel. It's a very mm. small shop. There's not a lot of craziness going on. And half the time, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> figuring out as I go. Yeah. But I, I love that your guys' entire approach is embracing this calm, um, collected, and also like high execution, high high level of execution, and 
an understanding of the craft enough to where you're not trying to impress us. I, yeah. I guess that's what I'm coming down to is yeah. I'm not meant to be impressed by anything you guys do. Yeah. But it is subconscious that by the end of the video, you go, oh, my God, like yeah. that is the <laughs> most beautiful coffee scoop I've ever seen. But I mean, like I and I, I fully appreciate that. But I think it's it's very easy to kind of um, poo poo sort of poo -poo. That, exactly the uh th those videos that do do the the, the do -do. Uh, I, <laughs> I was waiting for that poo poo doo doo um the you know the, the big slow-mo and and flashy lights and all of that and it's it is again it's so easy to be like ah oh, yeah but that's just it's just for show and all that but at the end of the day those they have a place there is an audience there for those those videos and it's you know it for a lot of people that is their first introduction to something like blacksmithing and it's or it's the only thing they see and it's it's really really easy to kind of do the whole gatekeeping thing and be like oh yeah well if they watch videos from that one particular smith then they they don't really know about black, blacksmithing rather so it doesn't fucking matter you know, like as long as as long as they've watched it and they've taken an interest like it's just a case of going to the next step and sometimes that is turning up to a class and being immensely disappointed that it's not all forge welds <laughs> and power hammers but right. it's i think it is important to have those things because like i say it's they're the people that are producing videos like that are very aware of what their audience is that's why they get millions of views per episode because they're giving that audience what they want mm -hmm. um and so i mean it goes back to what we were saying earlier on like we're, we're aiming for an entirely different audience um and i mean Brett, like you're, uh, you touched on it a little bit last week with the, the Forged Home channel. Like you're hoping to introduce an entire new audience to a craft that you you, you love and and you're involved with. Like that's that's got to be an exciting thing. And mm. you're you're not going to be going at it from the like big, powerful, smashy power hammer point of view. You're going to be going at it from a kind of <laughs> Here, here's so a nice home improvement do, video but be so also, funny to do a video like that where it's like i'm making a toilet roll holder yeah <laughs> just <laughs> power hammers and <laughs> but you know what i mean like you're 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 aware of the fact that the audience that you're going for is coming from a a home improvement a diy aesthetic so i'm sure the the videos that you're going to do on the the excuse me the forged home stuff is going to be you're going to slightly tweak those videos. Those videos are going to be slightly different to the ones that is on the, the Skull and Spade 13 channel. Um, yeah, I've got a really interesting exception to, to the rule here. Um, I think I spiffed him last week, or it might have been the week before, a guy called Chris Fix, who's like an yes. American um, yes, yes. Dri driveway mechanic, for want of a better term. Yeah. Um, and I think, Steve, you clicked on his the first video and he's like oh god he's yeah. very american yeah and it was all like crazy like loud like, hey, everybody, <laughs> and and that's you know he, he's being a clown to to yeah. kind of grab people's attention it's all very loud and fast um but i've been going back through his back catalog to his very early days he's doing exactly the same thing you know the the yeah. the the actual process of what he's doing and the content of the video is identical and has been for eight years yeah. He's just dialed up the personality side of it. Yeah. I can't stand it, to be honest. Um, and his early videos, he's this really like shy, like skinny, spotty teenager just on his parents' driveway, just fixing yeah. cars. And and 
But what's interesting is that his mission was to get as many people to watch his videos so they could yeah. all save money and fix their own cars. Yeah. So the fact that he ha- is playing the game yeah. and is able to get an audience by acting up and putting in all the silliness, he's yeah. actually improving what he initially set out to do, which was to give people advice. And he's still doing that. So I really respect that, even if it's irritating as fuck. Yeah. Because his mission has not changed. All it's done is improved. And now... 5 million people watch his videos and they all now know how to change brake fluid yeah. because of it. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, like, like I said, I, I think there is nothing wrong with that kind of, if you, if you know your audience and that's what you're going for, then more power to you. I mean, like I, but it's not shallow. He's not doing it for the views. He's doing it to reach people. And I think that's a different, very different thing. Yeah. But I mean, I, as long as you're honest about why you're doing it, I, I, I have no problem with someone doing it for the views if that's what they want to do like at the end of the day if your business is youtube then that's your business you you need to you need to be that caricature of yourself to be able to get those views to to make a living like i i think if they were like oh no i'm i'm, I'm actually this enthusiastic and, and hyperactive all of the time then that would be no, a, I, a I disagree i think if you're pretending and you're doing it for artificial reasons for money i, I don't respect See, that at all because i the example i was going to give it's the same in any job i, I don't just mean youtube yeah because I, I used to on the bar all the time i could go into the bar and i would be in a shit horrible mood but if i'm serving people drinks i know that they don't when they come in and they go oh you're all right how are you they don't want me to go oh actually i'm a bit shit i didn't sleep very well last night they I'm want great how are you can i get yeah, can i I'm, be I'm your really servant good. how are you what <laughs> What are you? What? How are you feeling? Can I get you guys some jalapeno poppers? Yeah, like that. It's it's fucking shit as it is. Like that's that's what that's the audience. That's yeah. I there's a reason that I used to actually get tips when I was working behind the bar was because I would engage with drugs and drink a lot of alcohol. (laughs) Actually, it was a lot of e numbers. The amount of fizzy sweets I used to eat when I was working, but um. But you know, like I would, I would be over enthusiastic and and hyperactive and and engaging and and happy to serve people because that's that's what the audience wanted. That's what the customers wanted. That's why I would sell more drinks. Like that's why I could upsell someone from having a couple of shots to getting a fucking whole round in for everyone that sat at the bar because I'm playing that caricature. And that's not sustainable, though, dude. It's soul destroying. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, That's why you don't work in a bar anymore. Exactly. Yeah. But then, yeah, you know, I I did it for 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 that period of time, and yeah. and that was all I was aiming to do. Um, and like I say, I I think it's it's a weird one because I I think if you know your audience and you know what you're going in for, like I would I would love to go back to doing bar work. Um, the reason I stopped doing it is because the pay was shit. Um, and it was. It was good fun. I always enjoyed it. Like, yes, some some weeks I would have a shit week and I would have had to put on that smile even though I wasn't particularly happy. But you get that in any job. Like, you're always going to have shit weeks. Um, and I don't know if it is. Just like, there are, there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty of professional servers that, you know, they, they do that week in, week out. And I think it's how you... 
like if if you get good customers, then it is it's easy yeah. to maintain. Or, or you you, you 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 refine your craft and you become a, a yeah. magnificent barista or a, yeah. um, a, a really good um, cocktail artist or something, and you, yeah. you're at a point where you are educating people or giving yeah. people an experience they've never had before. Yeah, that's compelling, and that's that's yeah. worthwhile. Well, because that, that's what we were doing in in the place in Warsaw is we were introducing people to to cocktails and to bar flaring and stuff like that. I mean, it, you you get a bunch of fucking Midlands chabs walking into a pub and you're there chucking bottles around and they're going, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Like that that was that was great fun. It, it was really it was really good to introduce people to that sort of thing and be like, "This you know it can be better than just walking into a pub and getting a pint of lager." Like and yeah, I think if you can if you can maintain it and if you can do that, I think it's a really good thing to do. And I think it's sometimes like putting that caricature thing on can help boost yourself. It's like that whole thing of like, yeah, you know, until you make it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 audience side of things as well is interesting. I mean, this could be a whole episode in itself, but seeing it from the other point of view as well, like what they what they want from you. Mm. And what they expect um i see a lot of people kind of say things like um oh, i don't care what people think and if anyone ever says i don't care what people think they care what people think yeah <laughs> that's why they're saying it because they're thinking about what people think um, <laughs> and my kind of take on that is the opposite it's actually what do they care what i'm doing mm. uh, and if they don't i'm not interested and i'm not i'm not going to engage and i, I can yeah. just ignore them because they're either not they're missing the point entirely, yeah, or they they don't want to be part of a conversation. It's only interesting to me if it's a conversation, yeah, um, and it's a dialogue. And I think that with with any form of kind of interaction, be it a, a sale or a service, it's only compelling when it becomes an experience, when it becomes a two way thing. You know, mm. you 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 have a a mechanic who talks you through the process and shares videos with you of while he's fixing your car or you've got a, a, a barman or a waiter who actually has a conversation with you about the food and, and gets excited and interested and talks to you and teaches you things. Hmm. Then the audience, it's like a two way thing. Yeah. Whereas with this, this, this idea of just consuming entertainment and, and content just as it like Wally, just sat in a chair, just, just, just being an audience I think that that's for me where there isn't a connection. Yeah. An audience in that respect for me, I'm not interested in. For me, yeah. audience is a, is a dialogue. Mm -hmm. That does remind me of the conversation that I was posting about uh, on Instagram, or at least just kind of showing people the kind of hilarious conversations that happen in the comment section <laughs> of a video. And most of what I'm saying is based on Brett, you, Brett and, um, on a posting comments. <laughs> oh, and my favorite new thing is to like, we share with yeah. each other, you yeah. know, or I'll, I'll send him a bunch of photos of comments. I'm like, Oh, this lad. Um, Al, I'm, I 100% agree with the whole, uh, if you say you don't care about what people think, like you, you probably do, why, why especially you if you're going, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be on so your mind. I posted, you yeah. yeah. I posted, you know, a screenshot of the comments saying like, you know, I wonder if he realizes how little this affects anything or how little anybody cares about his opinion. Yes, I care very little about these comments this guy is making because it's not a conversation. Yeah. 
if if the person was genuinely trying to offer either constructive criticism or really criticizing a, the way that I did something or approached something, I would want to open that dialogue up to go, did I do something inherently wrong or maybe unsafe? Like, give me a little insight. And then I can have that non-stinky conversation back and forth. My initial reply to that was 100% egging on an otherwise horribly <laughs> written and grammatically wrong comment and this is on a video that you know has performed way above anything that i've posted recently and i was really happy about it. i was like this is i'm really proud about what i did for this video and it wasn't that much of a step to show the processes that i did to achieve like putting this old vice back together i didn't go crazy i wasn't machining anything you know so in my mind it was this like Oh, but you can find the rusty thing and it, it doesn't take a lot of love. And I want to show people that it's relatively manageable to put this thing back together and to get a comment from somebody just being like, you can never make it in the trades. I'm like, <laughs> all righty. First of all, what and, trades? And, yeah. Yeah. Well, the trades of restoring hundred year old machinery for personal use. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if anybody's listening to this and didn't kind of follow the, the nonsense on Instagram, it, what really happened was this like, it's so poorly written and, and like he's just being so angry and so targeted that <laughs> Why are you so angry? yeah i threw it right back at him and then a handful of people including billiam which i thought was just delightful for showing up in the comments and replying to the guy and just going you're very rude <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> it, i don't want to open up and like feed the trolls you know because i posted that thing on instagram i got a ton of people messaging me going like oh you should just delete it or you know you shouldn't shouldn't give them the time of day or whatever. You're like from a business standpoint, that is engagement. YouTube likes seeing comments and replies and things like that. It affects me only positive by gaining things like that or getting comments. It yeah. is also for anybody that doesn't know this. If you get a random shitty comment like that from somebody you've never seen before on your channel, uh, parentheses, this guy created an account two days before I posted that video. So <laughs> He may have done it knowing that he needed to write something shitty to somebody. But if you get a comment like that, that's so out of left field on a video, it means that your video got suggested or is reaching a wider audience. So you, you have to take it with a grain of salt and go, yeah, but it means it's getting out there, which is great. So if that's what you're wanting to do is pull views or get this thing you're very proud of in front of more eyes, it, the initial reaction to that would be like, or for me, what I've developed is, Holy crap, it's getting out to a few people. You know, that's great. Yeah. The fact that the replies that then followed from this guy where he was posting new individual comments, not just replying to his own thread, and just kept hammering on this, like, you don't have the moxie to last in my shop. Whereas John D. Harvey comes back with like, I don't want to be in your shop. You sound like a <laughs> terrible person. So this entire dialogue with like, I want to reach an audience. I want to be able to share my story. I want to be able to share the story of this old tool. I got the people that were like, I wish there wasn't any talking in your video. You go, turn the volume off. Like, I don't care. And I even wrote some suggestions. I was like, go watch Odd Tinkering. Like, that's a great channel. I answered that comment back with, if you want to be here and show that, like, turn the volume off. I'm not trying to sound shitty, but also, like, here's a couple channels I really like, and they don't talk. Maybe you'll be interested in them. So I always want to try and push the positive side of things, but this unreasonable commenter that just shows up at, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, I really don't care about what he's saying because it's not a two way street and there's no conversation being had. He's just yeah. yelling at the moon 
that it's too bright and he doesn't like it. <laughs> and then I have to come back with going, I don't know what trades you do. You know, I'm not going to educate him that I was in a union and worked for a union fabrication shop in the trades. But the amount of my audience, here's the big takeaway, the amount of my audience that messaged me through Instagram that was like, I used to work in the trades. This is people like this are why I don't anymore. Because yeah. there is a very um, unique attitude that guys, especially in the U.S., um, that I've met that are long-running tradesmen, and they all have the same attitude. Like, you could never do what I do. Or my life was harder. I work harder than you. I know more than you do. Whatever the hell their attitude is about it, it stops any kind of positive conversation or constructive conversation. Yeah. And so I want my audience to be a bunch of people that are willing to share, stinky comment or not, I hope the stinky comment is justified or has some constructive criticism behind it. That's yeah. that's who I want. I love that my audience came back and replied with all of the good, positive shit that they did. Yeah. But who's I, this one guy yelling in the middle of the stadium telling me I don't got the moxie? Also, he shouldn't be able to use moxie. That's a great word. And he <laughs> fucking ruined it for me. Because, like, we... Uh... I went through the, the comments on um, the Forge Diary the other day and there's a bunch of comments in there and I generally, like I'll post a video up and I'll go in and I'll, after a couple of hours, I'll reply to, you know, all the usual suspects and say thanks and, and comment back and maybe over the next few days I might pop in every now and then and do it. Um, I've been a bit shit with that on the last couple of videos and I, I jumped in the other day and there was a bunch of new comments. I was like, okay, cool, had a look and there was a couple in there. Um, and there was a couple of like kind of shitty comments, like one where it was um, something about the fact that uh, basically we we were unprofessional because we didn't use a rivet header. And I was like, well, that's because we don't like, that's not the aesthetic that we're going for. Like we don't want round headed rivets, but okay. But didn't really think anything of it. And, um, and so I was like, well, there's no point in responding to this guy because all I'm going to say is, well, meh. Like I, yeah. I, I, I we, we could have, we could have drop forged those handles, but we didn't. yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and um and so yeah I was like okay I, there's no point in in responding um but then a couple of weeks later or a couple of days later whatever it was uh it was honor again on the full blast and he was talking about the fact that actually like the main reason that he responds to all those shitty troll comments is because it's a huge amount of engagement and he gets yeah. people watching his videos and engaging with him just to troll him yeah, yeah. and just to try and get onto his thing. And he said, oh, it's and, pe and, and people watching the process. Yeah. Of yeah. Trolling. Cause yeah. That, you know, that's why I follow his Instagram. Yeah. For the, exactly. For the banter. Yeah. And he said, it's fucking great because it increases his engagement. It increases his audience. It increases the thing. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Like yeah. he's turned being a dick into a business model. That, that, that I appreciate. Yeah. Because and I'm like, that, if that's the big fuck you. Yeah. And, and it's fucking great. And I was like, actually, so maybe it is worth responding to those other comments just to get that, that dialogue back and forth. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, it, like, like Brett said, it shows that actually it's getting uh, out there to, to more and more people. And I think, and yeah, again, honest, fucking honest with it. He's like, I, I don't give a shit who, who they are that are watching the video. I just want more views on the video because more views means more money, which means I, I get to do more of this. And that's kind of what I was meaning earlier on with the, you know, not really caring as long as you get the views because. Well, no, he, but, but he's not playing the game. He's sticking to his guns and he's 
continuing oh, to be he, on yeah, them. That, that's that's why I love that, what but, he does. But that's that's the he's thing. Not, he's he, not jumping through hoops. No, but he's turned that into a way of getting more views. Yeah, yeah like that's and, great. And yeah, you know, that's that's just smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he he's he's purposely provocative yeah. just to get that that kind of engagement. And I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, and uh, or being able to adapt in that way and and understanding who your your audience is is great. Uh, you could even say it's spiffing because you know oh, you guys geez, that was so lackluster. But... Wow, <laughs> that was the least effort. I'm gonna write a comment about that. What's the order again? Us. Bass. Yes. Which means, Brett, you are first. That is me. So I posted a little thing on Instagram shouting out a young maker. I don't know if this is a respiff. I think I just talked about him on Instagram once before, but there is a young Japanese fellow. And his videos are fantastic. I, I've really enjoyed watching what he's posted so far. He doesn't have a lot of subscribers, um, has a small little workshop, just gets a lot of very cool projects done in what seems to be a very limited space. I like his style and aesthetic. I like the way he shoots things. His YouTube channel and Instagram, I believe, are JP Strutton. Strutton? Strutton along. Str S-T-R-U-T-T-I-N. Um, super nice guy. He did a little animation for one of his videos a while back, and he said that he did the animation based on the Maker Adventure tutorial that I did. Um, but he just posted another video uh, yesterday, and it was 14 different drawers for a cabinet that he made, this like wonky cabinet out of scraps and stuff, and he just wanted to show 14 different solutions for making drawers. I think it's brilliant just to go, you know, what materials do I have? I'm going to try something different in every little compartment that I've got. And, you know, it's skill building, but also he ended up creating this very eclectic little drawer set that I think looks awesome in his shop. Nice. Super nice guy. After I posted... um Jess also posted a thing and he was very happy that we watched it. And he sent me a message that said, I was so happy it's raining outside. And I went outside and did a dance in the rain. <laughs> like, all right, well, you're amazing. And I, I think, you know, I always try and look at some smaller or up and coming channels and really try and give them credit when credit is due. I think he's doing his own little unique take on maker videos and, I'd like yeah. more people to go and give him a shot. Watch nice. a video or two. He's good. Good shout. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, I was distracted because I was looking at his um, uh, glorious hair. Instagram feed. Yes. His hair is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like the aesthetic of his Instagram feed and like the way he he does his uh, photos. It's yeah. very cool. One of the uh, one of the drawers that he made last night, he just made like a wooden box, but then he cut an old pair of steel toe work boots open and used the steel toes as the handle pulls. <laughs> like that was I've never seen anybody do that. I think it was so good. Yeah, he's got some weird looking boots on as well. Yeah. Quite cool. Uh yes, good shout. Um I like, I approve. Je approve. Yeah. Um 
Al, you are. You, your name begins with A, so you're next. So I, Does it? I've known of this person for a while, but I didn't know they were on Instagram. While? And his name is Scott Campbell, um, or Scott C. And he is an illustrator who did a wonderful book called The Greatest Showdowns. And it's scenes from movies or iconic characters from movies. And it's always kind of the good guy versus the bad guy. And he's just got this really naive um, illustration style and just picks iconic. It could be like a battle. So it could be like Bill Murray and the Staple of Marshmallow Man. Mm. Um, or sometimes it's like inanimate objects from movies. So it's not always necessarily a character. It might be just something. You're an enemy. You're an enemy. <laughs> um, and. I've I've always loved his style. I love his book. But he's on Instagram and he, he does um he does like regular updates of illustrations all the time. And he started turning them into figurines as well. So sculptures and 3D models of his illustrations and it translates really nicely. Um, Amazing. So on Instagram it is Scott Lava, all one word. So just Scott Lava. Um but the 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 book and his kind of series is called The Greatest Showdowns. And I think there's several editions of the book where he just <laughs> add, he just adds new 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 characters and new films and stuff but That's it's great awesome yeah it's really it's really really charming and uh, they're always dead like just quirky <laughs> and positive jay and silent bob one as well yeah jay and silent um, bob one is like bad santa it's mostly movies um yeah like a few few tv shows and stuff but yeah it's great that's really cool check it out uh Sorry, I, I'm being a really bad host. I was looking at his stuff. <gasps> oh, he's got a Hunt for the Wilder People one as well. Yes. That's a fucking great film. It is a good film. Um, good, good, good. Uh, I am next. Uh, and I am going to go with um, a artist and print printmaker from Cornwall, uh, mostly like lino cut and stuff like that. Um, and that is Lou Tonkin. Tom Tonkin. Um uh basically she uh she follows al and commented on one of uh the posts and i was like i recognize that name and it's because she was at one of the festivals that we were at which i realized nobody gives a shit about but anyway so i went onto her page and yeah her stuff is fucking amazing it's all like uh lino cut art uh simple prints and it's just really nice stuff um Whose mouse is really loud? Al, is your mouse being loud? Yeah. <laughs> no, not me. Uh, <laughs> you're such a brick. Um, but yeah, it's just really fucking nice uh, lino print art. Um, also, she has a really cool looking dog. Um, but yeah, uh, Lou's stuff is, is really nice. Um, she's got quite a big following. Um, she's based down in Cornwall. I'm fairly sure it was Port Elliot Festival that I met her at. Um, and I'm just really glad to have actually found her on Instagram because yeah, it's really nice stuff. And she sells it as well. I have no idea what the prices are like because I haven't actually looked at the shop. Um, but yeah, go go check her out because it's some lovely, simple, quite twee art. So there you go. That is that. Um, nice. Yeah. Right. Is that everything? Is there any other business? I have no other business other than um, this weekend, obviously, weekend coming. So 27th is the Virtual Craft Festival. Yeah. Um, 
on all good internets near you. So it kicks off in the morning. Uh, we'll put details in the show notes and also details in the Facebook group um, of the running order as well. See who's who and what, what time they're on. Is there a uh, a central place you can go and get links to like each person? Yes, there is. Well, YouTube. every video will have the full roster linked in the comments. Um, cool. In the uh, description, sorry. Yeah. Um, but also there is an actual website, virtual craft. I think it's virtually crafty. Um, okay. dot com. Uh, but again, I'll put the link in the should goats. Okay, cool. And is that? Do you know if people are going live on Instagram or YouTube or a combination of both? It's all on YouTube. Cool. Um, nice. I'm, I'm assuming if you wanted to also stream it on Instagram, that would be an option. Yeah. If people are not YouTube bound, um, yeah. But I might look into that. But mine will be yeah. fully. Landscape. Immersive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, cool. Um, I have one other little bit of uh, AOB, uh, which is basically just that I, I spoke a little bit about the um, the writing challenge. I, I keep calling it a challenge. It's not a challenge. It's it's a challenge in the sense that it's just a bit of kind of start of a 10 inspiration, get out and do something. Um, and since talking about it last week, uh, we've had a couple of people that have joined the Facebook group specifically to get involved with the writing challenge, hmm. which I think is fucking great. Um, and there are some really nice bits of writing on there. Um, I haven't actually got around to reading all of them, but I've read a couple and they've been super cool. Um, so even if you don't want to get involved in the challenge, feel free to go on and just read what other people have done. Maybe read it, give them a little bit of a review, kind of say if you really enjoyed it or if there was something you think could be improved or whatever. Um, but yeah, give people a little bit of positive feedback. That'd be great. Um, all the details are in the Facebook group. Uh, right. Anyway, um, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of these social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Motorworks or if you're a different kind of audience, you can find us on The Forge UK on YouTube. Uh, if you want to find Brett you can find him at Skull and Spade 13 everywhere. Uh, I fucked up because I changed the order and now I can't say it all quickly. Uh, and if you want to find Al, you can find him at Al's Hack Shack. Yes, you can. There we go. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, Fools of Tools, again, everywhere. Just just put it in the search bar. We'll come up. Do you remember uh, when there was another Fools of Tools podcast? I genuinely we was just thinking about we, that. We just told them to fuck off. Yeah. Just said... <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we've got... Uh, sorry, guys, we've actually got an audience. Yeah. And what was great, though, is the fact that they came back like, uh, yeah, but you can't prove that you've been doing it longer. I was like, yes, you can. Look at our <laughs> fucking thing. We've been going for like four years. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, one very last thing. Uh, in case you didn't know, Tim from uh, Turgworks is a big bellend. Um, that's all. Until I, already, next I knew this. Okay. I, I think a lot of people know it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, uh, until next week, uh, we love you all, and we will see you in a week. Bye! Bye. I like that sign-off. That's our new sign-off. <laughs> all right, fucking hell. I, think I, I thought you guys might have more to say.